We want to talk about peace in the midst of growth tonight. I really felt to share about peace in the midst of the storm and the things that are going on in your life. And uh, Elizabeth had really felt to share a little bit about growth. And I, I was sharing with Pastor Pam this message. And, and really, it hits me a little bit because summertime for me, when I, as I was a teacher for a long time, summertime was a great time. But I really counted on summertime for downtime. I like shut myself down and like hibernated. And then when August came, I, I got myself back up out of the hole and I went back about my business. But there was a time and there was a period in my life where I, 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 I was consistently frustrated and consistently disappointed when August came because I wasn't where I thought I was supposed to go. And, and when I finally, you know, as you grow from level to level, as I finally got to another level, I really felt like God was sharing with me, you can't not grow in June and July and expect to be somebody different in August. And uh, it was a new thought. I was like, hey, I work really hard for those other months. You know, I, I, I want to have a little downtime. Not that you can't relax and not that you don't rest, but you stop growing sometimes and you stagnate. And in your life spiritually, God doesn't have any opportunity or any time for us to stagnate as we continue to grow in who he wants us to be. And I was sharing with Pastor Pam the idea and the message, and she said, well, the summertime for her, she said, really, truly, just tell them the summertime for her is one of the most important times of the year. It's one of the, one of the we would think, probably less busy times for her as a pastor of a church, but in her own life spiritually and for the church spiritually, it's a great time of growth because she's heading into what God has in the fall. Many things operate from August to May because of the school years and those kind of things. And we were sharing with the young people last night a little bit about this, only because there, many of the kids who come in, into a live are college kids or just graduated from high school, and they're just 20, 22 years old. They may be working a job and not going to school, but they're still operating on, hey, man, it's June. Daniel sleeps about 18 hours a day. No, he works about eight. He sleeps a lot, but he works really, he works really hard. He, but he's, he's kind of on downtime. So we're challenging him in his life. It's not time to stop. It's not time to, to just be stagnant. It's time to grow because God has a great thing. And we say, hey, how many, how many know God's got a great thing for him next year in school? Oh, man, they raised their hand. What are you doing right now to prepare for that? Well, I'm not doing anything for that, man. I don't want to do that. That's not my thing. I'm, I'm, it's going to happen in August. Well, then it's not going to be very big. Because if you've like me, I mean, if, you've known, if you don't prepare for it, when it comes, it either kills you or it passes you by. And, and I don't want to be passed by, and I sure as heck don't want to be dead. So I would, I would, <laughs> well, that's true. Right. You want to make sure that you, that you grow in those things. And in Galatians in chapter 5, we've gone through a lot of Scripture, and we've talked about this Scripture a bunch over these last few Wednesday nights. In verse 16, it says that, that we're supposed to walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then it goes on after that, and it says that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary to one another so that you don't do the things that you wish in your heart to do. If you want to skip down to like 23, that'd be great as we go right to the fruits. And if you go all the way, go to 22, sorry, that's where it starts. The fruit of the spirit, and this is why peace is so important. In the midst of growth, in the midst of change many times in your life, it's all kinds of upheaval. It's a lot of stuff happening, and if you're like, you know, we have a, we have a list and a, and a thing that Pastor Bill has shared with us and taught us as staff, the times in people's lives that they're most susceptible to, to the enemy and to things happening, and that they're, they're most open maybe to the, to the Spirit speaking into their life, are, are those seven areas of, of change, and, you know, some of them are like loss of job and, and death in the family and marriage and, and babies being born and being in the hospital and being sick, and, and there's, there's those type of ideas and times. They, they just cause all kinds of stress, and they cause all kinds of, they, they, they have an opportunity to make you be anxious. But it says if we'll walk in the Spirit, like it said in the beginning of, of Galatians in chapter 5, 16, in the end it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, in verse 22, is love, joy, and peace. All the rest of them, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, you know, all of that stuff, faithfulness, self-control. We'll leave all that, you know, self-control. We'll let that, we'll just, we won't concentrate on that today. We'll concentrate on peace. They all kind of work together, but we'll concentrate on peace. Peace is an undisturbed state of mind. See, an undisturbed state of mind. It doesn't mean that you're like spacey. It just means that you're not bothered. You're not weighted down by stuff. It's an, it's an absence of strife. How many have ever moved? And by the end of the move, you don't want to be married anymore to that person that just moved with you. And Elizabeth and I have done that plenty. 
Every time we moved, we were this side of divorce. Right. By the end, it <laughs> By wasn't the end, good. it was not good. <laughs> no, but we got rid of a lot of stuff. Yep. Because we'd get mad at each other, and I'd start throwing her stuff in the trash, and she'd start throwing my stuff in the trash. And they'd be like, we don't need this either. Smash. We'd be throwing everything away. And then, like, a week later, we'd be loving each other and go, hey, you know where that is? I don't know. Maybe we threw it away. <laughs> I think we threw it in the yard. Oh, well, somebody took it. Praise God. They'll be blessed. You know. But And we moved a lot, you know, so we had opportunities like that all the time. One move, we went from upstairs to downstairs. By the end of the move, we were so mad, I was just heaving stuff off the balcony. I mean, I didn't want to move downstairs. And that's, I mean, that's true. I, we true. Just, I was throwing stuff out the balcony. It was awesome. Many of you don't know us very well. You've only known us from what you see up here. You only know us this, this side. Right. You good. only know us on this side of good. <laughs> An absence of strife, a perfect well-being, a state of rest, quiet calmness, and tranquility. See, it's all those things that the earth is looking for, all those things that the people in the earth are looking for in their life. If you could tell somebody that I could bring you peace, that I could put you in a place that you would have peace of mind, where, where you'd be able to relax. And See, people are paying money for drugs to do that. They're going out and drinking to try to get there. They're seeing all the kind of doctor. I mean, they're doing everything they can. Why? Because their mind's all messed up. and they're. Not. But it doesn't have to be that way. It says if we walk in the Spirit, those are seeds that we're planting in the Spirit toward living that life, that everlasting life. And those seeds grow up a fruit in our life, and that fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. And peace is one of those. So we can have that in our life. The opposite of peace, those worry and anxiety and tension and stress, all of those things kind of bog you down. And you feel those things get on you, but you know you're so busy trying to get it done that you're just going to let it hang there for a minute, and it's all right. I'll be okay tomorrow. I just got to get this stuff done. But that's not God's best, and that's not God's plan for us his plan is for us to be able to do what he had for us to do to get to tomorrow but do it in peace and we can do that you can do that but we have to we have to cast the care we have to get rid of the stress we have to get rid of the anxiety we have to walk in humility if you look in first peter in chapter five pastor bill's taught us this scripture for a long time it says cast your care on him because he first cared for us and we're all, care, you know, we're all casting cares. But if we look in verse 6, sorry, you can go back there, Sandy. If you look in verse 6, this is one of the keys to peace in your life. It says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, that you have to humble yourself before him. Because if you're not in peace, if you're in stress and anxiety and all those other things, you've decided that, you know what, God, I'm not even going to let you have an opportunity to do this. I'm going to do it myself and get it all done. It's all bogging me. And the death and the destruction and the disappointment and all that stuff begins to come because you've opened the door. Instead of allowing God to say, okay, God, I can't figure it out. I don't have a clue. Maybe you do have a clue, but you say, is your way better than my way? You know, I've always tried it this way, but maybe you got something else. Let me just seek your face right now. Humble myself. You take all this thing. You tell me what to do, and then I'll do it. It takes all the pressure off. It takes all the stress off and allows you to walk in peace. Yeah, and, and who wants to get to the end of their life and, and accomplish what you could accomplish in your own power and in your own strength and, you know, what you can do? I mean, when God starts to stir those things on the inside of you and starts giving you dreams and visions, then they're bigger than us. And it makes us just, you know, weep on the inside or, you know, get excited. Last night they called him the, I had a giddy moment. I mean, it was so cute to, to listen to him talk, you know, because they had giddy moments where they got to see God move. It was like, woo. They got to be a part of what God was doing. <laughs> and and they said, I had a giddy moment. <laughs> And I love that because it's so true. Because when you step out and you humble yourself and you say, you know what, it's not about me. Praise God for driving the van. I mean, there are people begging to come to church. Begging, calling, can you pick me up? I don't have a ride. I need to come to church. I mean, that's extraordinary to pick somebody up and get them in a place where God can say, yes, there's hope for you. I mean, that is extraordinary. That's not your own ability. You can't change their life. You can't make it better. But you can get them in a place where, where God can do that. I mean, that is awesome. Yeah. That is. <laughs> that is. You want to drive a van? I do. I have okay, to drive we'll a sign van. Okay, we'll sign you up. I love it. <laughs> but, but you can't 
you can't shy back from those moments. And, and in those moments, you decide, is this about me? Or is this about what God wants to do? Because on the other side of what God wants to do are those giddy moments where you're just like, what? You won't believe what happened today. <laughs> and you're telling your friends, and they're excited, and you're excited, and you're like, ah, ah, you know, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's well more fun than anything else I tried to have fun. I mean, you know, <laughs> it is just that whoa more fun. So, you know, but it, that's when you humble yourself. And when you humble yourself and say, I, I don't know what I'm doing. God, if you don't shut up, we're both going to look silly. <laughs> so, you know, I'm used to looking silly, but this time I'm dragging you with me because you said to go. So, but then it's not about you. And you get to see God move. And you get to be a part of what he's doing. And it's not just watching somebody else do it and hearing their testimony. It's you that gets to do it. And that is some cool stuff. That's growth. That's growth in your life because you're going from a place where you know you couldn't do it, but because of God, all things are possible in our life if we can just believe. And because of, because of him moving in our behalf, then we were able to do that. It was his power and his anointing working through us. It took us to that place, and now all of a sudden I'm not over here anymore. I've grown in my life. I've grown in faith. I've matured a little bit more in Christ. Now, it doesn't stop there. There's a next one, and there's a next one, and there's a next one. That's right. And it says that he takes us from glory to glory. And, and like John said at the offering, you know, you get to that plateau and you're just like, oh, you know, I got it all, I got it all kicked now. You know, I'm good. And then God shows you the next thing. You're like, what? <laughs> Say who? <laughs> and, but. She doesn't, we'll have somebody interpret for her next time. <laughs> Sorry. I think Could you do it. that? I, I got no clue as to what she's saying. But it's good. It's good. It's a good thing. It's good, yes. Woo! Well, good. Whatever that is. Right. You got it. It's good. It is. Because, you know, basically, I, I'm a shy person. I know none of you believe that. I really am. Like, when I get in a room, I would just as soon stand in the background and not say anything. Right. And I'm married the to him. Right, shyest people that you'd ever And he be. likes to be out there. He's like, oh, I'm shy. you know, juggling boy. But, um... But because of the freeness that God's given me and because of the, the times that I've experienced his presence and what he can do, if I just open my mouth and let him fill it, when I open my mouth and he fills it, people's lives get changed. I mean, that's exciting. And then you go from glory to glory. And every time that he asks you to do something, there's going to be that little are you sure this is like really scary god i don't know what i'm gonna do and then and then <laughs> when you step out it's awesome and it just is and you guys are you know we're all looking for that thing that makes us full of joy we're looking for that thing that makes us full of peace we're looking for that and it's and doing what god asks you to do and opening your mouth when he asks you to open it is a place where you're going to find it you know, you have peace, and this is just a reminder. You know, we know that it's one of the fruit of the Spirit, but, but Jesus said, you know, in John in 14, chapter 14, verse 27, it said, my peace I give to you. I mean, he is giving us his peace. He's leaving, he said, I leave it with you. It's yours. It says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't be troubled about it. And then it also says, neither... Don't let your heart be afraid. So when he speaks that to us, he's sharing that with us, and he's, giving, he's saying that to the disciples, and we're putting it in, in, the, in the Bible, and we're reading this message, and now it's to us because we're New Covenant, New Church believers, New Testament people, and now all of a sudden we have the Holy Spirit alive on the inside of us. He's speaking to us that situation. And when I speak to my son and I said, hey, here's the deal, man, don't be this, I am telling him, you have a choice but I'm telling you, you don't want to be that. I wouldn't tell him something that he couldn't do. And God is speaking to us here. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my peace. I'm giving it to you, not like the world does. I'm not going to give it to you, take it away, give it to you, take it away. I'm not going to like make you earn it. I'm not going to make it, put it up here. I'm not going to do all those kind of things. It's just, it's a God thing. Here's your deal. Here's peace. It's yours. It's a gift. And it says, let not your heart be troubled. And let not your heart be afraid. 
So that means up, it's up to you. Right. How many times have you talked to somebody and they're trying to tell you all the things that are about to happen that aren't any good? And they're so upset and they're so nervous about it and they're rehearsing all of those things that are about to happen. And you can't even get a hard, hardly get a word in edgewise to say, whoa, 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 whoa. And then you just hang up the phone. <laughs> They'll call me back. You know, I mean, because you're, you're, you're trying to get that, you know, that moment where the conversation might turn. Because they, they are being afraid. They are having their heart be troubled. They're not, and then you got to, then you, you, all you do is begin to speak the word to them, right? In a nice, calm voice, begin to pray for them and begin to tell them what the word says. Begin to tell them who they are in Christ. Begin to build up what the positive things in their life. You begin to share what the light says and what the word says. You begin to say what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And now you're just, you're, I mean, you're just bringing it on the scene and it's going to be all right. And they go, thanks, man, that was awesome. I appreciate it. And then you hang up the phone and you just grew a little bit because, you know, you probably didn't know what to say or what to do. But then all of a sudden, what happened in their life? Now all of a sudden, they're seeing the truth. Now the deal is not to get there anymore. You know, try not to go back that place. And then they go, oh, okay. So the next time that happens, hopefully, they don't call you back up and say all kinds of crazy stuff. Hopefully, it's only like half the crazy stuff. And then the next time, it's only like a quarter of the crazy stuff. And then what happens is you continue to speak the truth. You begin to be... Jesus on the scene begin to speak these words into their life, th- their life begins to change. And they begin to get a what? A revelation of what the word says about who they are. Maybe you're that person. You know? Just believe tonight that God's peace can change your situation, can change your existence, and can change the way you think and feel about who you are and where you are in your life, because it can. And when you need to go from, if you're in the middle of a situation where you don't know what to do and, and everything seems to be coming against you and, and, you're, you know, and you're rehearsing all those things, if you want to go immediately from the flesh to the spirit, start praying in tongues. Yeah. And in John 16, it says, um, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the word you have in the world, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is the ambassador or the thing that brings that peace on the situa- on the scene. I don't know how many times I've been, like, just rehearsing, oh, oh poor pitiful me. You're married to me. Why would you even do that? Every once in a while at school sometimes when I'm away from you. I need to get you. you more pictures of me. Yes. At when I don't have him by my side and helping me to be strong, then, <laughs> then I have some opportunities sometimes. And, you know, you can get in that place where one thing happens, then another thing happens, and it seems like you're just grasping at straws and nothing seems to be going right, and everything starts spinning out of control, and you're trying to hold on to something, and, and, and it just seems like your entire world is falling apart. And you can start rehearsing that, and you can start, like, spiraling out of control in your mind quickly quickly and you can go you know you get down that road fast and you can't sleep and you can't think and and nothing's going right but if you take a second and you start praying in tongues then the holy spirit will start bringing that peace and he'll start bringing those words that bring peace because it's the word of god that changes things in your life. It's the word of God that makes things different. Not any, any kind of scenario you can come up with for us reformed God helpers. You know, I've got a plan, God, here it is. But it's the word of God that changes things. And when it says that he will bring to your remembrance the things that you need. And if you need to go from freaked out, wigged out mess to peace, then you've got to change your focus. And to change your focus, you have to cast down those vain imaginations and exalt themselves above the name of Jesus. And that help is going to come from the Holy Spirit when you begin to pray in tongues. It instantly, I mean instantly, will change your outlook. Because it will bring to your remembrance all those scriptures that have been poured into you over the years. All those things that have been put in your life over the years. All those things, and it will start bringing back to your remembrance the things that you need to meditate that are different from the things that surround you. And you will be instantly at peace. But the focus, you have to get that focus it, it, and, and begin singing. Begin worshiping. When you worship, you're saying, God, you know, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know what you're going to do. On the way here, I was singing my 
favorite song, uh, Jesus, there's just something about that name. And instantly, I found it on one of my things. I didn't even know it was on there. I'm like, yay. You know, I started playing it. And instantly, the presence of God, because I've rehearsed that, because I've rehearsed it with that song. I know that song. I know his presence in the middle of it. And instantly, the presence of God was right there. And it was just like, you are so good. Every single time you need it, every single time you need it, the peace, the power, it'll change you from a wimp to a powerhouse mentally and spiritually instantly. But you have to rehearse his presence. That's why in worship I had you sit for just a minute and be still so you could rehearse his presence. Because when you rehearse his presence and, and, and know what that's like, then you can go back to that place quickly. Quickly you can be there. Yeah, and it says in, at the end of that scripture, it says that don't, in the world you'll have tribulation. So what, what we're saying and what we're, what we're supposing to you tonight isn't that you're just going to have this peace and it's just going to be like you're floating on a cloud and, ah, you know, and off you go. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily work like that spiritually, mentally, in your heart, in who you are as a, as a spirit man, you, you should be going like that in your life regardless of what you see. But it says you will have tribulation. And how do you get over that tribulation? How do you get past that tribulation? By meditating the word of God, by praying in tongues. I don't know how many people have come to me and said, man, you know, I mean, I just can't stop drinking. I can't stop smoking, blah, 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 blah. Tell me all, rehearsing all the reasons why it won't work and why this can't happen and why it doesn't happen. And I said, let me just tell you a little bit. This is a hint. This is what happened to me in my life. I just started praying in the spirit when those urges came. And you know what? The urges went away and I didn't do it anymore. What else you got? Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I know. That's all I know, dude. It works um, for me. <laughs> you know, I, you can talk to somebody else. You know, Corey was a mess. Find out what he did. But, you know. <laughs> Allie, she just smiles. <laughs> like you didn't do anything. Anyway, you got your own story. But I, that, that's what I had. See, that's what I had. I had to go from this place where I'm desperate to this place. And they, oh, you know, you're probably not. Oh, every time I walk by a cigarette, I'm kind of giving to the old. Have you not, I mean, are you not a reformed smoker? You know, I'm not the kind that goes out and chases people and says, you shouldn't smoke, you shouldn't smoke. I'm kind of standing there going, no, it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. It's all good. God loves you. Right where you are, it's all Okay. You're still tempted. The devil still knows what you fell for. And so right. you have to, to get from that place of being tempted and about to fall to the place where you have peace in your life and you know he's working on you. It's got to be a spirit thing in your life. It says you'll have tribulation, but it says be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Yes. Don't, be a, don't be a bump. Get up and right. say, hey, if he's overcome, he lives on the inside of me, then I'm an overcomer and woohoo, off I go. Begin to pray in spirit. Begin to praise. Begin to do those things that takes you out of that place into peace. And there's, oh, sorry. And no, there's nothing in this world that, that you have to face that he didn't face while he was here. There's victory. You know, when you can look at somebody and say, well, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, have you ever thought that? Well, Jesus already made the way. So whatever you face, there's a victory in it already. You know, and it wasn't that, that we're the only people that go through growth. The disciples, if you think about it, they, they all had jobs. I mean, these guys were, 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 were decent people who knew what was going on. I mean, they, you know, I mean they, they, liked, they were good at what they did. They were good fishermen. They were good. I mean, they were, they were good at what they did in their life, in their world. But now they've got to come and see. We sometimes as believers don't remember that. We think, well, why does God want me to do all this kind of stuff? Look, he took 12 dudes who all had jobs and did other things and said, come on, you're going to be a fisher of men now. I'm sure he grabbed his net and his pole and thought, whatever, I don't know what we're going to do, but let's go catch us some. They didn't have a clue. They didn't know anything. And, and through their walk with Jesus, he began to show them, and he began to minister to them, and he began to teach them. Didn't it sound like a pastor? And he, they, he began to impart into their life, and he began to do things and signs and wonders and miracles, and they began to see all this stuff happening. But they're no different than us. They made mistakes all the time. But in the midst of the storm, you have a great opportunity to either stand in faith or to fall in fear, to either walk in peace or to have, you know, be nervous and have anxiety and all those kind of things going on in your life. Be stressful. You know, that's one thing that our kids say, oh, I'm just, I'm just stressed. Come here. That's not an excuse. Not an excuse in our house. I know you're, you know, I know you got a lot of pressure on you, and I know there's opportunity to be stressed, but you don't have to be stressed. 
Rachel sent us a text that said, I, what, I got a B in physics or something? Hide all the knives? You know, I said, oh, honey, you're okay. <laughs> you know, you got a B. Because she didn't have a B till last year. She'd never had a B. And so she was going to get a B. She had an 89. And I drove her home that day from school, and I was really praying because I knew this was going to affect her. And I said, hey. She wanted to be valedictorian. She wanted to be valedictorian. I mean, she had this, she had this plan and this goal and this place where she was going. And, and she was going to get an 89 and not get a 90 and not get an A. And, man, I knew that was, like, bubbling on the inside of her. And I said, hey, hey, you still got to be okay even with an 89. Tell Daddy you're going to be okay <laughs> even with an 89. And she said, uh, okay, I'll be all right. Said, no, 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 no. It's just not a thing that's just, it, you got, I got to, that's what's in your heart. Come on, you got to tell me. You got to know that it's okay that you get an 89. Okay. And now over time, she's gotten a revelation of that and begun to do that. But we don't give, oh, I'm stressed out. It's a lot of work. Nah, it's not an excuse. You don't have an excuse to be, you don't get like five minutes of being crazy just because you're stressed out. That doesn't work that way. Shh, they don't like that. You know, young people, adults don't like that. How many of you have had adults that you've run into and said, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 you don't act like that. Ah, I'm just stressed out, man. <laughs> well, go be stressed out somewhere else. Don't do it here. You're freaking me out. But the disciples, see, they, they had these opportunities. And in Mark, in chapter 4, it said on the same day when they had, when the evening had come, in, in verse 35, it says, uh, he said to them, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And now when they, they'd left the multitude, they took him along in the boat, and, and he was with them, and then other little boats were along as well. In verse 37, it says, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat on the boat so that it was already filling. But he was asleep. Jesus was asleep in the stern just hanging out on a pillow. And they woke him up, and they said to him, Teacher, teacher, do you, do you not care that we're perishing? I mean, what are they doing now? Ah, they're freaking out. Okay, and so they've gone and they've got him, and they woke him up. No different than it was the fig tree when he said, Come on, guys. I mean, no different than it was the 5,000 when he was feeding. No, come on, guys. The next 4,000. Come on, guys. We just did this last time. You know, each one of these opportunities, whether they're first, last, or whatever, they were all opportunities where the disciples had the same kind of situations that we do, and they had to make a decision, and they had to grow in their life. And they didn't always make the right decision either. But when you get to the book of Acts, things change. And you don't hear about them falling by the wayside anymore. But the power of the Holy Spirit now is coming into their life. And it's beginning to change the situation. It's beginning to change the whole, the whole area. But here it says, then Jesus said, peace be still. Now he's speaking to the wind or he's speaking to them. I don't know. But I think, you know, he's speaking to the weather. And he tells it to be still. But then he says to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You've followed me. You've been with me. You've ate with me. You've heard me teach. You've seen the things that have happened. And, now, I mean, and really, he's talking to them this whole time. If you go back, I mean, he's going back through the good ground. He's talking about the seeds being planted. I mean, he's sharing all these things with them. And yet they come to a moment in time where they always have like that, that, that instant where they can, they can stand up and say, Peace be still. Stop raining. I mean, if, it's, if it doesn't stop, then go get him. You know, but I mean, get out here and give it a shot. You know, I mean, you're the one who's with Jesus. In your life, you're growing. June and July are great months to excel, yes. to boom, to fly to the next level, to get ready for what God has for you. In this church, definitely. In this church, for sure. Looking for people to fill the place, looking for people to grow, go to a new building, go to a new level, go to a new thing. Yeah, but you're going to have to too. You're going to have to grow. I'm going to have to grow. Courtney, we're all going to have to go. And now June and July is a great opportunity to begin to grow. But it also then brings great opportunity for tribulation and stress and pressure and all those things. But if you'll do it right, if you do it by the Spirit, then you don't have to worry about all that kind of stuff. It takes desire and determination and discipline in your life. You really have to put yourself out there. But when we were driving on Monday, we were going out to Menards. And out by our house, we were driving, and there was a, little, there was a, there was a cornfield. Uh, that's been planted out there, and, and it was really cool. I mean, just you know, I mean, just the little ears were sticking up. It looked like a, like ten million little green bunnies, you know. I mean, it was just like little bitty floppy ears, like all over the place. I think it's corn. I hope it is. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> corn or beans, whatever you want to call it, it looked like corn to me at the time. So I mean, it was just you know, it was a little corn. And as I was driving by, this this thought hit me. This this, and, and I know it was God. 
that, that knee high by the 4th of July, you know, I mean, I kind of looked up and I saw that corn and I was driving and I thought, you know what, it's like, it's, it's the day before the 1st of June. And then I immediately had this thought, in two months, that corn will be taller than any of us. It'll be, it'll be, it'll grow clear past the top of us. And then God began to speak that in my life. That, that's summer, that's June, that's July. Will you grow from where you are now to being taller than where you are? I began to share that with the young people last night too, and I shared that with you. That idea that, you know what, it's a time. The seed's been planted, the things are in the ground, there's watering, there's, there's faith, there's standing on the word, there's stepping out, there's growing and maturing. But are you going to be in August twice as tall as you are spiritually today? Are you going to shoot up and sprout up like that? Now there's drought and there's pestilence and there's all of those things that try to hold that crop back. But it says in the word of God that we don't have those things coming against us because we're children of God. Spiritually, the enemy wants to hold you back and he wants to kill your crop and he wants to bring you down. But it says in the word of God that that's not the case. It says as far as our finances are concerned that if we do what he asks us to do and bring the tithes and the storehouse, he'll rebuke the devourer for our sake. Right. Ain't no bugs going to eat your stuff. Right. I mean, you can count on that. That's what the word says. Amen. It's not going to go down. You know, and summertime is also a time where we kind of relax. So it's a great time to build those new habits. It's a great time to establish some things in your life. Because the time's going to pass. It's going to be August, whether you like it or not. And we're going to go back to school. And all that stuff's going to happen. And you have two months where it's, there's less stress. You have two months where your life kind of slows down. And those are times where you can set goals you can, you know, if you've been intending to read your Bible every day, start on July, what's today? June 2nd. Start on June 2nd. I don't know. I don't know. It, I'm not in school. <laughs> I've been out a day. It's awesome. <laughs> start on June 2nd. Don't, be, don't have any condemnation for the first six months, five months. The sun's up till midnight around here anyway. You, I mean, just start there. Don't try to catch up. Just start from today. Don't, yeah, don't put yourself in a hole where you feel bad about yourself. Let's just start today. There's Bible reading plan somewhere. Find one on the internet. If you got an iPhone, do it on your iPhone. But make it a priority because you have time now to kind of get your life in order. That's what we do in the summer. We organize closets. We clean the backyard. We, you know power spray things, we paint the house. We do all kinds of stuff that we put off the entire year because there's not time. Spiritually, establish yourself. Clean out some closets, get rid of some fluff, and really get in there and find out who you are. Take a VBI class. Make it a priority to be something different by August, spiritually spiritually you have to make it a priority because the things that you don't make a priority you will not do and and that's that's truth that you you can wish and hope and dream and and make lists you know but unless you actually do it it will not change and you'll come come august now if you're anything like me sometimes in july i sleep in a lot and then come August 1st, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I had this whole list of things I was going to do in the summer. So from August to August 10, August 1 to August 10, I'm like working like a dog because I didn't do anything in July. Well, that's no way to live. So. Write that down. <laughs> She'll sign it later. <laughs> that's no way to live because you're working like a dog right before you go back to work. And it's zero fun. Well, not everybody's out of work. But some people... Right, that's, you know, we're talking to like two of you, three of you. (laughs) Right. But anyway, but but the kids are going to go back to school and everything's going to pick up and you're going to have to go to football games, you're going to have to go to soccer games, and you're going to have to get them school clothes, you're going to have to do homework with them and all that kind of stuff. And, And if you spend June and July establishing some things spiritually, then when August comes, you will be ready. You're like, bring it. I, because there's nothing that the devil can't bring to you that if you're not ready for it, that you can't face with power and authority. It's when you've put your guard down and slept till noon and, you know, spiritually, not pick, spiritually and picked up your word. I mean, when, when you're not ready, 
that's like you said in the beginning, that's when you get run over. And the key to this is resisting the devil because he's going to come and he's going to say all these kind of crazy things that have either tripped you up before or get you to put it off. But it says if you resist the devil, then he will flee. But you have to submit to God. First say, okay, God, I give you June and July. Here we go. Let's do this. And then devil, no matter what you tell me, I'm not listening. And he will flee because in the presence of God, in the presence of God, the devil cannot be there. And if you're in his presence, he can't whisper in your ear. And if you're in his presence, he can't tell you how many times you've missed it. And if you're in his presence, he can't tell you how fast you're going under. But you have to be in his presence, and you have to know his presence, and you have to practice his presence, and you have to be in his word, and you have to be preparing spiritually because that's where the power is. Yeah, no, and don't walk in fear. There's no fear. We know that we know in Second Timothy 1, you know, I mean, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, right, but power, love, and a sound mind. We're all pumped up, and that sounds great. And that, that's true. We, we, we don't have to worry about fear. We do have power, love, and a sound mind. But if you look back at 6, in 2 Timothy 1, 6, it says, Therefore I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift of God which is inside you from the laying on of my hands. See, and if you're stirring up that gift on the inside of you, then just like Elizabeth said, the fear's not there. The down stuff's not there. The, it's the peace, and it's the love, and it's the joy. and it, See, it's all that what fruit of the spirit in your life because why you're stirring up the gift of the spirit on the inside of you and if you'll keep that thing going and keep that thing bubbling and keep that thing rolling it'll keep you headed down the right path boy you don't always know what to do you don't always know exactly what to say we that's the whole key he does right be be quiet before him get in the spirit begin to listen to what god has for you let his peace rule like it says in colossians in chapter three let the peace of god rule in our hearts you have to resist anxiety. You have to get rid of fear. You can't allow those things to operate in your life because they become cancerous spiritually to you in your life. They'll destroy you. I mean, they will take you out. If you look in Philippians 4, 6, it says, you know, be anxious for what? Nothing. Some things, maybe every now and then, if you're stressed. I mean, does it say be anxious because you don't? I mean, look, we're all in situations. We all face things. We all are going through stuff. We're all going to the other side in a boat and it's raining. I mean, we're all in those positions and places somewhere in our life. But the word says that we could be anxious for nothing. But it says in everything. See, be anxious for nothing because in everything I am See, I'm praying, man. I'm bringing up the spirit. I'm bubbling up with joy. I'm bringing the peace on the scene. I'm saying, God, I don't have a clue what to do, but you do. Come on, help me out. And you write it down. Write it down. Says. Write it down what he says. But and, and then you know that that help. That's everything. That's kids and that's kids teaching kids learning. Oh man, have you ever had kids that don't listen to you? I mean, God, you got to tell me. I'm trying to raise this whole crew. You know, and I don't, I don't know what to do. They're crazy in the summertime. They're climbing the flagpole. I mean, I got four of them in my house. I mean, they're freaking me out. You know, I mean, it's like God's going to give you the wisdom. He's going to tell you what to do. That kind of stuff's real life. Yep. But be anxious for nothing. Trust God. Let him show you what you're supposed to do. In Psalms 37, 8, it says that, that you should not fret because it only causes harm. Do not fret because it only causes harm in your life. Then why would we fret? Why would we sit and rock back and forth and wonder what's up? You know, what's going to happen? Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. I mean, it's only causing harm in your life, in the situation, in your mind, in your body, in your flesh, in your health. Many times it's the thing that brings you down. Proverbs 12, 25, you know, talks about anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. We, don't, we want to stay away from that stuff in our life because one thing, man, that domino will begin to attack you and begin to bring you down a little bit of time. And where did it start? One little thing, one little piece, one little situation, one circumstance, one thing that happened that you didn't respond the right way and the devil just went whew, into the scene. Instead of responding the right way and beginning to speak in the Spirit and beginning to pray in the Spirit and beginning to say, God, you're on the scene, beginning to praise his name, beginning to worship him and begin to get through. 
It's like that smoking deal, man. People are like, yeah, that doesn't work. It did. It sure did, man. I mean, because I'm telling you, you want to smoke bad. If you're a smoker, you want to smoke bad if there's not cigarettes around. I mean, you won't smoke anything. I noticed somebody tore the smoke thing out here, tore the top off, was digging through the ashes trying to find something to smoke. That's desperate. Should have told them about praying in the Spirit. We should have just laid hands on them. I don't know who it was, but I noticed that was the case. I mean, when you're, when you're desperate, I mean, you'll do anything. Pray in the Spirit then. If you really want to be set free, if you really want to have that thing broke off your life, if you really want to get to the other side, begin to pray in the Spirit in your life. Begin to praise the Lord. Because in His presence is fullness of joy, and in His presence and in the presence of praise, there isn't anything else. So like she said, begin to practice His presence. Begin to do those kind of things. Because you can't make it. You can't have peace in your life if you don't. The devil wants to whoop on you. He wants to take you out. He does not like you. And he wants to keep you all fretted up. He cannot wait for August to come, and you have not gone anywhere in the summertime. You haven't grown. And then, because, I mean, you know, the next year is the next thing. You know, you got, there's, God's got something for you right there, but so is the enemy. And you can't accomplish what God has for you if you're walking with the enemy. It doesn't work. So take some time. Take some time. We asked these kids these three questions last night. And it's the same three questions many times that Pastor Bill asks us. And I told them, I, I know you might be nervous about actually saying this in front of the group. I mean, and maybe, and, and they, some were and some weren't. I mean, some were like, yeah, here's what's, you know, here's what's going on, whatever that might be. But in your life, if you can't have an answer come to mind right away in, in these three situations of these three questions, then, then we're not doing what God's asked us to do. We are not growing, and we're not going to the place that he asked for us to go. We're, we've become stagnant. I asked, you know, I asked them, what is God speaking to you right now? What is he sharing with you? What is God See, what are you hearing from the Lord? Doesn't Pastor Bill ask us that all the time? What is the Lord speaking to you right now? What is he sharing with you? And then I said, <laughs> you know, I just put my hands, Mike, what's he doing? You know, and I mean, if you, and, that, and, 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 and some, they were like, respond. They had some, yes, yes, that's growth. Yes. That's growth. But I said, now here's the situation. I know you might not want to say it, and I'm not saying you got to share it. I'm not, I'm not taking you there. But if you don't have it, if, you don't, if you're not able to say that, say, you know what, this is what God's doing in my life right now, this is what he's teaching me, then we're not growing. Right. And it may not be like one thing. It may be like a situation. It may be something that he's taking you through. It may be something that he's growing in your life. It may be a chapter in the, in the Bible that he's just, you know, have you go back and scour over. What is it in your life? See, that's that quiet time. That's that little time. That's that presence time where he begins to speak to you. And that's that, okay, now you're just a little ear. And now all of a sudden you're 10 ears. And now all of a sudden, I mean, your, your stalk's growing. And the second question we asked was, how is God stretching you? And how is he helping you grow in faith? Where is he taking you? Not now just what is he teaching you, but what is he asking you to do that's out there that's past you? I mean, is he speaking to you about health? Is he speaking to you about really about, about praying about somebody that, you know, that's sick in your life, maybe going out to the hospital and praying for somebody or sharing Jesus with somebody on the street? Or maybe it's being, a, you know, driving a van and you've been like, I ain't doing that, man. But that's a stretching point. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But what is it in your life? Where, where is God stretching you and taking you to? He, he showed me over this last year, you, are, you may think you're smart, but you don't have a clue. And in all my life, I've tried to rely on him, but this has been a new level of relying on him. Holy smokes. And it hasn't always been the easiest to be peaceful in that situation. I've had to fight for my peace and say, I'm not going to get freaked out. People ask me questions all the time. What's going on? What are you doing? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? I don't know. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. <laughs> I'm in my office. <laughs> I can't hear anything in here. But, but I finally learned, you know, I finally said, okay, this is where you're stretching me. This is where you're taking me. See, outside of what I can do, only into what you can do. And the third question that we've asked them, and I guess we ask you too, where are you giving out? Where are you making a difference in somebody else's life? With our young people in Alive, we, we talk about growing in the Word and in the Lord and generating momentum in our life to head in the path and the plan that God has for us and giving of ourselves to our church, to our community and to the people that are in this earth that God has us to touch. Those are like our three things that we talk about. You know, and it's love, acceptance and forgiveness and all of that, but it's through this growing in our lives and generating momentum and giving everywhere that we go. Where, where are you giving 
in your life. You, you won't be able to grow. You won't be able to be in peace if you're not giving out in somebody else. Right. You know, you're not That's imparting right. into somebody else's life and giving out into who they are. Terry talked about it. It's all about, it's all about giving. It's all about souls. It's all about people. It's all about, it's all about reaching out and doing all this kind of... Man, I'm telling you what, you want to know where God's taking you beyond you? Right there. Because it's hard for us to get to that point in ourselves. Naturally, in your natural being, not we're spirit beings, right? But in the, the, the natural nature, the, the earth, the worldly nature, isn't it into giving? That's the spiritual side of you that you're in tune with that wants to give, that wants to help, that has that compassion, that has that heart for people. So where is it in your life? You know, where, where, what is God speaking to you, teaching you, and what is he showing you, and what is he talking to you about? What is he, what is he stretching you in? What is he growing your faith? Where is he taking you to a next level? And where are you giving and making a difference in somebody's life? Those are important questions to ask in this time. You know, it's an important question all the time, but God's really put those on my heart, put them on Elizabeth, and we've shared them with other people. But it's June and July. You know, where are you going and what's happening in your life in these areas? And um, when you begin to give out, your life will change. And there's someone in your sphere of influence, someone around you, that knows less about Jesus than you do. And you can begin to disciple them. You can begin to be a light to them. You can begin to tell them things that they don't know. And you can begin to teach them of the things of God. Because even if you've just been saved, you know more than somebody else that hangs out with you. And and that one-on-one, that face-to-face, there's nothing like it. When God brings somebody across your path that, that asks you a question, you're like, and you have that moment of pause. Oh, I could interject Jesus here. Or <laughs> we could have small talk, you know. And, but it's that, it's, that, it's that place where you'll begin to have those giddy moments. And God brings them across our path all the time. They're, they're at your laundromat. They're, you know, whoever does laundromat, where they come from. No, but uh, <laughs> they're at Walmart. I mean, they, they work with you. Their kids are in the same daycare as you. I mean, wherever it is, you come across them, and they ask you questions, and they look to you as somebody who knows something. And you have a great opportunity there to begin to disciple them. It could be a neighbor. I, it, I don't know where it is, but you probably do. And you probably have an idea. And you be, can begin to disciple them with the word that you've been given. Start giving it out. And that will cause you to want more of God because anytime you get to see God move, it's exciting. And then you just, it's kind of addictive. You just want it more and more and more. So look for those opportunities to give out and don't be intimidated for those face-to-face encounters, those one-on-one encounters. It's awesome to hold babies. It's awesome to be a greeter. It's awesome to do all those kind of things. But when you begin to disciple or, or be a light in someone else's life, then that is where you get to change and you get to see God cause a change. So let's enjoy a peaceful summer. Let's stand up today and let's do something. Let's let, let's let the word of God just speak to us. Tonight, Corey's going to come and he's just going to play here. And just like we said earlier, you know, practice his presence. I said that on Sunday as we were going through different things. Just an opportunity to be quiet before the Lord. And let him speak to us. Let him put something in your heart today. You know, you may not be able to answer any of those three questions. You know, you might not even be able to say, I don't have any idea what God's trying to teach me. I don't know where he's stretching me. I don't know what he's asking me to do. I don't even know who I'm helping. I don't know any of those. I can't answer any of those things. That's a great place to be because then you know where to start. And you can say, okay, God, I'm open today before you with my arms up, and I'm just going to sit here and just listen to who you are. So with every head bowed, you got your eyes closed, you got your arms up if you want, whatever it is, just take a moment, begin to tell him, God, I love you. I'm opening myself up. I want my summer, I want my summer to be peaceful. I want to know that I'm going somewhere and that I'm not just stuck. I want to enjoy my kids. I want to enjoy my house. I want to enjoy my life. I want to be involved in everything that you have for me. Yes. Praise you, Jesus.
Just say, God, I'm open. Speak to me. In this place, quiet in your presence. Lord, I thank you that your spirit is here, that you speak to us as we open ourselves up. Father, we ask you to enlighten us, enlighten us, Father, to what you would have. Speak into our hearts. Now in this quiet time, you may be sitting here and thinking, I don't even know Jesus. I don't even know what you're talking about. I used to walk with him. I don't anymore, whatever that is. Hey, you may need to come to Jesus. Tonight might be your come to Jesus moment. It says in the word of God that if you don't invite Jesus into your life, that you don't open yourself up and say, I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he's the son of God and that he died on the cross for me to take away my sins. If you don't pray that prayer, if you don't speak that and believe it in your heart, it says in Romans that you wouldn't be saved. Tonight, is that you? Have you not done that? Do you want us? Tonight, the night where you say, I want Jesus. Maybe you were in a place in your life and you were doing all right, and then something happened and you just went south. You just stopped doing the things you were supposed to be doing, and you ended up in a bad place. The most important thing tonight is that you go out this door with Jesus in your heart, with a relationship with God Almighty. Renew. Recreated by the Spirit of God. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.